1: today in 1 Corinthians 15. Uh, Last year this time, we we talked about Jesus in the tomb, Mary and Martha running to see that the tomb was empty. Uh, The year before that, we talked about uh, Christ's resurrection and the empty napkin that was left folded at the head. Do you remember that? We're going to look at the resurrection from a different viewpoint today. We're actually going to look at it from the viewpoint of what it means to you and I, to us. Do you know God did not need to die and be resurrected for Himself? I mean, He's God. Somebody say amen. He died, became a man, and died for you to make an atonement for you. And the resurrection is the seal of God's approval on that atonement. And His resurrection, church, guarantees our resurrection. You know, the human uh, race is in a dilemma. It's caught in a dilemma. It's lost. How many know that? Just look around. It's not hard to figure that out. People are lost spiritually. People are headed for destruction. God, for He so loved the world, He did what? He gave His Son, John would say to be that propitiation for our sins, that sacrifice that only the Father would accept that would bring salvation to mankind. So we have a reason to celebrate and to give Him praise. If someone were to ask you the question... And maybe you've seen it on an advertisement on the radio, on TV, radio, and and you heard about a, a surefire a surefire deal as being a hundred percent guaranteed that if you buy this product, it's gonna work. <laughs> Have you heard of things like that? Yes. Yes. Everybody in here oh, has. Goodness. Amen. <laughs> Let's say old P. T. Barnum had a saying for that, didn't he? Every day. Sucker born every minute. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I mean, my wife will watch TV. i got to have that. I I need to buy that. Because she hears something and it's like, this is going to do this for you. You ever heard that saying, "If if it sounds too good to be true, it probably... That's it. Come on now. But I want us to look today at something that is... really is as good as it sounds. We're going to talk today about victory over death through Christ, through faith in Him. You know, Jesus Christ conquered death by His resurrection. And what is more, His resurrection is the guarantee of those who believe in Him that you and I also one day will be victorious over death. You know, there are two sure things in this world. Somebody tell me what it is, come on. Death and taxes. Death and taxes. Amen. <laughs> and ain't that the truth? Excuse my English. And should Jesus tarry, every one of us in here will die. We are going to die. But if you believe in him, if you have faith in him, that you will be resurrected. It's our guarantee. The truth that death is defeated should motivate us to live godly in Christ, and also propel us to declare the good news to the lost. I want to talk today about death destroyed. Before we begin, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the opportunity to be here today on this beautiful, beautiful morning. What a beautiful day. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to share your word with your people today. Father, in and of myself, I am wholly inadequate. Father, I rely upon Your anointing to communicate to Your people. Father, Your Word is life to all of us. Make it real to Your people today, Lord. Open up the eyes of our understanding. Open up our hearts. Plant Your Word in the good ground. Water the Word that's already been planted. And Lord, ultimately bring about the fruit in us that You so desire. And Lord, I thank You for doing just that. In Jesus' name. Everyone said?
2: Amen. 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 Three
1: things in Death Destroyed. Number one, we're going to look at it. in 1 Corinthians 15, we're going to see Christ's victory over death. Now, this is the Apostle Paul writing to the Corinthian church some years after the resurrection of Christ. But this chapter deals with, come on now, the resurrection. Now, to give you a little bit of a backdrop, in The Old Testament, what we call the Old Testament, the Jews don't call it the Old Testament, we do. Because if they call it the Old Testament, they'd be admitting there's a new one. Come on now, right, Sean? So they don't want to admit that, right? Not yet. Come on. So we have the writings, we have the prophets, and we have the law. That's the Old Testament. And we're going to see they had two resurrections mentioned. In the Old Testament, the resurrection to life and the resurrection to damnation. That's all that was mentioned. We go to the New Testament and we still have only two resurrections one to life and one to damnation, separated by a length of time. Now, the first resurrection is what they call it. I mean, you no, know, uh, John says, Blessed is he who takes part in the first resurrection. For the second death has no power over him. So we're going to concern ourselves with the first resurrection. Now the first resurrection, and this is why you've got to know a little bit about the scriptures, because most Gentiles don't. Okay? I'm going to tell you right now. We're going to touch on Judaism a little bit here today. Is that okay? Let me know that's in the Bible. And we're going to touch on it, the Old Testament, so that we can understand it in the New Testament. Now here's what's kind of ironic, if we want to use that term, the Jewish people to this day don't understand Passover. They don't. They don't understand unleavened bread. They don't understand first fruits, and they don't understand Pentecost, the spring feast. They understand not because why? They, they their eyes are blinded. The church understands it, but not from the Hebraic perspective. We understand it. That's why we have Easter and bunnies and eggs and all that. We're totally off the wall. We understand, but what we need to be effective, church, listen to me, is an understanding of the Scriptures and the Old Testament. So they'll be fully understanding, okay? That's what we're going to look a little bit at today. Not a lot, but a little. And a little should go a long way. How many know that? Old Cream used to have something to say about that, right? A little dabble. That's it, baby. Come on. Say, preacher, you're crazy. Somebody's got to be. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 20. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. What are we here celebrating today?
2: Resurrection.
1: Resurrection. Resurrection. Resurrection, Specifically, Christ's resurrection from the dead. Amen. That's That's what Paul is saying here. He has indeed been raised from the dead. Now look what he says out there. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Who are those that have fallen asleep he's talking about? Dead saints. Amen. People who have died. How many people know saints that have died? Amen. That's a whole lot. And what what did I say earlier when I was opening up? That if you live long enough and Christ tarries, you're going to... Die, whereas I like what Paul said. You gonna fall asleep too. That's the kind when you fall asleep, you can't get woke up. Amen. Because <laughs> you your graveyard dead. Amen. But we're told not to sorrow over those because they're not like those who have no hope. And this is why what we're reading about today. He's been raised from there. He's the first fruit. Notice that word there. First fruits. How many know what today is called? Thank you, oh, thank you, brother. I appreciate it. You know, if I had tried to do that, what would have happened, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. It would just hung down there and you wouldn't have gone back. So, amen. We've been there and done that. Eh? We call today Easter, right? We call today Resurrection Sunday if you don't want to use that word. What is today in the Jewish calendar? What are the Jews celebrating today? Passover. No. 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 So now, preacher, that's why these Gentile preachers are here teaching, y'all, because, well, I'm not trying to shame you, but I'm trying to inform you, okay? There's how many spring feasts? Seven. Four. 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 How many fall feasts? Three. Three. Total seven. Last week. Was, uh, well, Passover was Friday, three days ago. And, and bear with me, I know they, the Jews and the, and the Gentile calendar is a little long. You had <coughs> Feast of Unleavened Bread for a whole week, seven days. You had Passover. Yes, first, first. Which, which all The Feast of Unleavened Bread means we're going to remove all leaven from the home and bake the meal. Why do we have communion with that little flat there? We took communion last week. Why is it Why don't we? Why don't we use a loaf of bread and take a chunk off a loaf of bread? It's for as, as leavened, bread. Has it? Has it got to be a matzah, matzo. And how many know that if you ever buy a, a, a manischewitz matzo that's an Italian brand, right? Manischewitz. You know, that's a, that's a Jewish prayer. I'm just eating to no. If you count the holes, the stripes in it, it's the exact number of stripes Jesus took on his back. Why do the Jews put it in a little bag called an afico mine, and then they hide it out in the yard, and the little kids look for it? See where the Easter bunny thing comes in? kids looking for what, eggs? Gentiles are taking some tradition from, but there's some biblical tradition here we don't see. They look at, see Christ has been hidden. He's the one that's been striped. He was the Passover lamb. He was hidden from the Jew and they haven't found him yet. you see? So we got a lot to learn if we go into Judaism. I'm not going to go down that street today because we're talking about first fruits. Today is first fruits. This is the Feast of First Fruits. I wonder how many churches today even mention the word first fruit. Not many. Why? Because we're Gentile. We don't think we we associate. But is it in your Bible? I'm reading it right now, right? Jesus, during the Feast of Unleavened Bread, presented himself for seven days. Remember, they were trying to kill him. You read the Gospels, right? The religious, the, the Sadducees, Pharisees, The scribes, the religious folk, uh, the chief priests, and they were all trying to kill him that week. But it wasn't his time. But what did he do? Did he run and hide? No, he showed up around Jerusalem. Man, went in the temple, started teaching. And they were afraid to kill him because of the people. You see? What was he doing that whole week? He was showing the people, Israel, that he was the bread from heaven. Remember he said, I am... He said crazy stuff. People look at him like, what? He said, I am the bread of life. I am the bread come down from heaven. Seemingly strange statements, but he was born where? In Bethlehem. What does that mean in Hebrew? House of bread. Think about that. You think God... Puts that stuff in there for accident. And he knows what he's talking about. We we celebrated the Last Supper, the communion last week, partaking of the bread and the wine, the the body and the blood, symbolic of Christ. So here we have first fruits. He shows himself during that week as the spotless lamb. Inspect me. You know, the Jews would stake out a lamb for one week. Before Passover, and the people could inspect that lamb. You know, you couldn't offer a, a lame offering to the to, to the God of Abraham on the altar. Uh-huh. It had to be what? Spotless. It had to be without blemish. Jesus is, as John said, what? The Lamb of God. And he staked himself out right around the temple and said, Here I am. Unleavened bread. He was apprehended and ultimately crucified that Friday on what? Passover. Passover. On the third day, the first day of the week, He rose from the dead. What what festival did He commemorate? What did He fulfill? First fruits. Then... Fifty days later was Pentecost. The church was born. Okay, Hold on. Paul said he is the first fruit of those who have fallen asleep. Meaning that others are going to come behind. What's the first fruit? It's the first one of what? Many more. Did he die for himself? He died for the many more. Now what... Takes place in, in and it took place in Israel. I posted it on my Facebook. Uh, what takes place in Israel on First Fruits? Now they celebrated a little while a few days ago. Our calendars aren't matched up. The priest would go out. This is the time of the barley harvest. The barley harvest is now. So the priest would go out. It's all in the Old Testament. I didn't give you chapter and verse. first. But trust me, you can look it up if you don't believe it. They would gather first fruit, a sheaf. A sheaf. One sheaf. Bringing in the sheaf. Bringing in the sheaf. We shall come rejoicing. Bringing in the sheaf. You still upset my family and my kids would be hollering. Please don't say. Hallelujah. They didn't know what a sheaf was. Amen. I'm going to tell you. One sheaf is representative of the whole harvest. You hear what I'm saying? The whole harvest. Now the priests, this took place in Israel, okay? And it took place in biblical time. This will take place until God says it's not going to take place. Amen. This will keep taking place. They would take one sheaf on first fruits and wave it before the Lord. And it spoke of the ascension of Christ. Christ is the first fruit. He fulfilled that feast. He, that spoke of Him. He's the first one who was raised from the dead among many brethren. And He was lifted up before God. He was ascended up. Eventually, you and I will ascend up as well. We'll see that as we move along. Resurrection. Let's read on it says in verse 23, but each in his own turn, or uh, King James says, order. Christ, the first fruits. then when He comes, how many knows He hasn't come yet? That's well, talking about the second coming. He came the first time to be the sin bearer. The second time, He's coming without sin to rule. Amen. When He comes, those who are who belong to Him, how many here today belong to Christ? Amen. Amen. Remember, He's the first fruit. The first fruit harvest was taken and offered to God. And God would bless that, amen, and that meant the whole harvest was blessed. It had to be in the right time. Now, when we look at different harvests, and this will blow your mind if you really study it out, barley is ready to harvest before wheat it matures quicker and is ready to go before wheat. Now the sheaf of barley lifted up represents Christ and those who belong to Him. The church is going to go first in the resurrection. Wheat comes later. Now when does wheat come in Israel? When is wheat commemorated? The Feast of Pentecost 50 days after First Fruits. They did a countdown. You go seven weeks of seven, 49, and then the 50th week, the 50th day, I'm sorry, is Pentecost. We call it Pentecost. It's called the Feast of Weeks or show Shavuot. So on that day, two loaves of wheat are baked and presented before the Lord. They're speaking of different peoples, different groups barley, wheat, and then what comes after the wheat? The fruit harvest. Grape, fig, pomegranate, olives. They are gleaned. How do you harvest olives? you got to shake the daylights out of the tree until they fall on the ground. Grapes, you have to crush them to get the... Now notice in Revelation, the angels told, he says, Hurt not the oil and the wine. Well, everybody else gets pretty well pummeled. Hello? Why? Because God has a purpose in that tribulation hour, and that's to glean, to, to bring out the rest of Him, those that belong to Him. so that they, There are several resurrections, okay? All based on today, what we're celebrating today. Christ, the first fruits, they at His coming. There will be a resurrection of first fruits in the 70th week. 144,000 will be caught up to God. Uh, Moses and Elijah will be caught up to God. And then when Christ returns and comes back, the Old Testament saints will be raised up and given immortal bodies. And then at the end of the thousand years, there's another resurrection. Somebody said, well, he's laying out a lot of information on us right now. But do you know there's only two resurrections? You need and one. You need to concern yourself with. And that's the resurrection to life. Jesus said, "I am the way, the truth, and the life." He said, "I am the resurrection and the life." Somebody said, well, "What is the resurrection? Is it a? Is it an event? Is it a? It's a person? It's Jesus. He is the resurrection." Look at verse 24. This is Paul now. He's preaching. He's talking about uh, the order of resurrections in verse 23, which we just read. Now look at verse 24. Then the end will come when He hands over the kingdom to God the Father after He has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. For He must reign until He has put all His enemies under His feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. What are we talking about today? Death destroyed. When did he destroy death? At his. at his resurrection. Hallelujah. His resurrection destroyed death. But you say, preacher, I still see we're talking about his but so Why do we still see bad and evil and all that? It's coming, honey. He's coming. When when will this actually take place? What we just read here. Now look look at it again. He's gonna the kingdom will come, the end will end will come, right? And He's going to hand over the kingdoms to God the Father. He's going to destroy all dominion. Who's going to destroy the evil in the world? The sin in the world? The wicked nations of the world? Christ. yes, Lord, Jesus. And when it's all done, He's going to give it back to the Father. All that dominion. Who had the dominion to begin with? Well, number one, God always has had dominion. But God gave dominion to Adam. Over all the earth. What did Adam do? He gave it, he gave it to somebody else, did he? The usurper. The, the resistor, the supplanter. Who, who took it from Adam? The devil. Come on. Who took it back from the devil? The second Adam, Jesus. Jesus. And how did he triumph over the devil? What was the seal that it was doomed for the devil? The resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something. You cannot... You can kill a mortal. Everybody in here is subject to death. Jesus subjected himself to death by becoming a mortal man. He chose to be a man. He had to become a man so he could die... For every man. So he could lay his life down. But once he was resurrected. It's it. There's no more death. Once you are resurrected. You can no longer die. I mean man you can drop a nuke on somebody. It ain't going to do a thing brother. You are immortal. You will live forever. I don't know about you. What excites me more than that. Because I won't have no sin in nature. I won't struggle with sin. I won't have to worry about lining myself up trying to get in order and trying to fight the devil. Hello? I mean, we, we, still, we just have this treasure right now in earthen vessels, amen? We're still weak and, and, and we're still walking it out, but the resurrection of Jesus is the guarantee that we're going to be resurrected. That should make you shout. It, it does make. Hallelujah. I don't have it right now in in real-time experience, but let me tell you something, I have it. Amen. If you believe in Him, you have it. In other words, when He was raised up, Tony, when He was raised up, you were raised up with Him. When when He sat on the right hand of the Majesty on power, you are seated there with Him. No, but I'm actually in this seat here in this church in I'm. you are with Christ in reality, in spiritual truth. That's where you are. Read Ephesians chapter one. Come on, man. You were raised up with Him, just like when Adam, who none of us in here knew firsthand, did. We? You know Adam's your daddy. Come on, in the flesh. Did you know that? And when Adam sinned. I, I, I don't even know that guy. How could I die? I, 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 I didn't do nothing wrong. Uh-huh. That's sin is. Yeah. Uh-huh. Somebody, somebody be right. So you know, self well, uh-uh. Uh-huh. I wouldn't have done well, you. He, You'd probably done it quicker than him. Come on. That's right. That. Be blamed. Somebody said, when I get to heaven, I'm gonna slap that dude. No, you're not. died because why? You were in his loins. I want you to think about that. We're all born. When he sinned, God said, "The, the day you eat of that fruit, you will surely die. You were born with death in your genes, my friend. Sorry. It's just true. We all died in Adam. That must mean if we're in Christ, come on now! Somebody start shouting for me. All will be resurrected. We're all gonna be resurrected. Oh, come on now! Lord, this Episcopalian church just fell asleep on the there. Oh, hallelujah! Christ's victory over death is very important. Sure. Secondly, He shares. We share in that victory of Christ. Look at verse forty-five. So it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being and the last Adam, who's the last Adam? Jesus. Jesus. Became what? A quickening spirit. Or a life-giving spirit. Oh, hallelujah. There's two Adams. The first Adam and the second Adam. The spiritual, verse 46, did not come first, but the natural. And after that, the spiritual. So we see, we see what it's like to be sons of Adam. Are you enjoying everything in life? Are you enjoying yourself? Is life a bowl of cherries for you, son of Adam? Somebody says, not really. I mean we have high highlights and low lights. Mostly low light. Come on. I don't know why everything is so bad. I don't know why my life, my life just is bad. It, it, nothing goes right. Everything. You know, that's true for a lot of people. That's true for most people. You know, some people, some people seem to have it good. Don't they? Do you know what God showed me one time? This is very true. I want you to think about this for a moment. Let it sink in. This life, for those who don't know Jesus, is the closest they will ever be to heaven. That's right. Because once they stop breathing and they're gone, they're in eternal torment forever. They can't get out forever. Look, there was a cross. There was a bloody cross and a suffering for a reason. God don't want anybody to be lost. But for you, believer, you and I, you can sit back and say, I've had one hit after another and my life is looking like it's bad, bad, bad. But this is the closest you will ever get to hell. Amen. Because once you breathe your last, honey, you're walking on streets of gold. You're shouting glory. You're in joy unspeakable and full of glory. Why does God allow? Well, He's got a plan. Now, He'll take the bad, the suffering, the, 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 and He'll turn it for your benefit. What's He doing by doing that? He's preparing you for the harvest. Do you know if He comes back too soon or if the priests go out in the field, naturally speaking, and harvest them to test the grain first? If it wasn't fully ripe they could not call for the feast day. They had to wait till that grain was fat, plump, and ready to be used. It couldn't be. Too small or full of water, it had to harden into a grain that could be put into a meal. It had to be ripened. See, what is God waiting on? He's waiting for you and I to ripen before He harvests the rest of the first fruit Come from there. Hello? it is hard to ripen folk when half the church Come on now. Why does he he takes preachers, he wakes us up because we could be like a be like a, how do you know the roses are beautiful? But what does a rose have on that stem? Rose will stick you too, won't it? Come on now. Pastor Jerry, just like a, a, a thorn bush, I'm going to poke you, man. we got to wake up, man. we got to realize it. God is moving. He has a purpose. He has a plan. Amen. Yes. Now, if all the prophets, I'm not above, not even in the same class as the prophets, but every one of them was mistreated and all the women that were killed for telling you the truth. Come on. So I can't expect myself to be uh, treated any different. Hello? Well, I'm talking to God's people here today. You should get what I'm saying. Amen. As was the earthly man, so are they who are of the earth. So if you're a natural man, a son of Adam, you're going to act like it. You're going to live like it. And you're not going to have God in your thoughts at all. You're going to just live your life any way you please. Because you're of the earth. You're a natural man. Is a spiritual man to be that way? Well, let's read on. The man from heaven, verse 48 where I'm at, will also be as those who are of heaven man? We're talking about the things of heaven today. You can understand that if you're of, of, the, of the kingdom of heaven. You understand what I'm saying? If you're a natural man, what I'm saying is foolishness to you. Hello? Isn't that what the scripture says? Yep. A natural man can't receive the things of the spirit for they're spiritually discerned or understood. But the spiritual man, he understands all things. Amen. Why? We have the spirit of God in us. Come on now. We, we were born natural. That came first. And then later we, we became men of faith, women of faith through, through Christ, the risen Christ. We received His resurrection. When, when we were born again, His resurrection power came to live within us. Now, what's the qualification for resurrection? It's the new birth. What's the difference between Adam and Christ or the church specifically? You, you as the church and Adam. Remember Adam? I hear people all the time. I wish I lived back in Old Testament days, man. It was talking with God. I like seeing miracles and everything all the time.
3: You know. Let me ask you,
1: Adam, the Bible says he walked with God in the cool of the day, right? That'd be cool, wouldn't it? You know, you're far greater than that. He walked with God, for God walked with him. God's in me. Hello? He's in you. He he, he inhabits your spirit. He'll never leave nor forsake. He doesn't have to come down to be with you. He's in you. That's a whole different class, right? Come on now. God, Christ didn't come to redeem old humanity and keep them that way. He came to make a new creation. That's why you're unique in the universe. See, we look at, well, our angels are powerful and they're big, giant beings who have all this light and they have all these powers. God lives in you. He doesn't live in them. Come on, man, let this sink in. It's all based on a resurrection. Now, what's he got to do? He's got to do a final transformation. So that you you, you you get in some of the light, but he's got to do, and that tre- I will come at the resurrection when you're changed from mortal to immortal. Paul says, at this time, we have this treasure in what? Earthly vessels, okay? The outward man is what? Perishing, but the inward man is renewed day by day, amen? Let's read on. As we have born, verse 49, the likeness of the earthly, we look like men. Just like our forefathers. Human, natural men. We've borne that likeness. Now look what he says here. So share we bear the likeness of a man from heaven. Hallelujah. What kind of body are we going to have when we're resurrected? A body fashioned after His glorious body. Now I want you to think for a moment. Just put two and two together and you'll understand what I'm saying. When Jesus... Met with his disciples. How I many know it was 40 days? Went by. And he met with disciples intermittently. Some are recorded in the Bible. he disappeared just in a room. Touch me, Thomas. I'm not a ghost. I'm alive. I'm a man. Touch me. I'm flesh and bone. Put your, put your hands on these wounds here, Thomas. Touch my hands. Look at the nail prints, man. My Lord and my God. Thomas just a little while earlier said, I ain't going to believe he was raised up. Unless I actually, I actually... They're calling Dowling Thomas, right? How many Dowling Thomases we got in here today? Not, not me, brother. Not bad. <laughs> not about that. But you know we see him. D- then he just disappeared. Some disciples were walking on the Emmaus Road after his resurrection. And the Bible says Jesus just showed up among them and started walking with them. He just walking with them. And what does the Bible say he was doing? Started quoting scripture to him, started opening up the scripture how the thought of man must die and suffer and then be raised from the dead. And then poof, what happened? He just disappeared. That was Jesus. Did not our hearts burn within us when he was opening up the scripture? Peter, James, and John, then quit. Jesus was raised up, he was killed, it's over! Resurrect, resurrection man we going back to fishing <laughs> we're gonna go back to do what we normally do natural man come on jesus all that stuff he told him like i guess i didn't mean nothing he he, he told i mean did you know he told each one he must suffer and die and be betrayed and then he'll rise on the third day nobody got to do it Cast your net on the other side and you'll take a big catch. I heard that before. That sounded like Jesus. Fold the net over. What they get? Peter, man, jumped over the boat side. He started swimming <laughs> to shore. What was Jesus doing? He was cooking them some fish and ate a meal with them. Well, he, he looked just like they did. He just looked like a man, sure. When you and I come back to rule and reign, what are we going to look like? Angels shining? We'll look just like men, just like we do now. But John, some 30 years later, on Patmos, John was the youngest disciple, probably just a teenage boy. when uh, He was there at the Last Supper. Now he's 90 years old on Patmos. And Jesus Christ, he said, I turned to heard the voice of me, one sound like the voice of many waters. And I looked and I saw him and I fell like his feet as one dead. Fear not, John. I am the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. Write in a book what I'm about to tell you. He couldn't even move. He looked up, his eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet like burnished brass. His belly and thigh. He had on a a robe that was pure white. His countenance was like the sun shining in his strength. What did he see? The resurrected Christ. In his glory. You will have a body just like that one day. He said, I don't understand to say, it. how can I be in glory but yet come down and eat fish or come down on the earth? Well, well, how did God, remember just several weeks ago or a few months back, we talked about Abraham, remember that? And who came down to visit Abraham and have dinner with him? God the Father, right? And two angels.
2: Moses and Elijah. No, nope,
1: no, nope. God the Father and two angels. And then they went on, God the Father went on back to heaven, and the two angels went on to Sodom to destroy the city. Remember that? So you will be able to go from heaven, which is glory, a spiritual world, to earth, which is natural, like we see today. Just like Jesus, you'll have a body fashioned after his glorious body. Can you do that now? No. Bible says if you were to look at God you would die. No man can see men live, he told Moses. Moses saw the train of his glory as he passed by and almost killed him. Come on. Scripture said he come down off that mountain, it was like lightning bolts shooting off his countenance, man. The people said, man, you're scaring us, man. Put, put, they had to put a bag over his head. And what does the Bible say? If the if If the glory of Moses of that administration was glory, what is a Christ going to be? Come on now. Even more glorious, the Scripture says. So we see we're to share in that victory. Amen. Further and lastly, we're triumphant through Christ's victory. That is victory in death destroyed. Amen. Talking about the resurrection of Jesus. Verse 50. Paul says, I declare to you, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does perishable inherit imperishable. So there you say, you can't get to heaven being unsaved. You can't get to heaven in your natural body that you're in now. It won't go there. It won't line up. It has to be chained. Verse 51, listen, I tell you a mystery. Go tell us a mystery. Now, if he tells it to us, don't read on, Eleanor. Come on, that girl, you get ahead of me. Don't read on. I'm set you up. Set you up, girl. Behold, I tell you mysteries. Now, stop. Don't come on. Look it up. If the mystery is told, is it still a mystery? Huh? But up to that point, Paul says, "I'm going to tell you a mystery." So, mysterion in it means something you don't know. Something that can't be known. Something that the apostles did not know because Jesus didn't go there with them. Something that the Old Testament saints did not know because He didn't go there with them. What did they know up to that point about the resurrection? There would be a resurrection of the just and a resurrection of the unjust. That's all they knew. That's all they knew. Now He's going to tell us something. That was a mystery. And you know, unfortunately, sadly today, for many people who claim to know Christ, it's still a mystery because they don't read the book Hello, But it's not a mystery if you read the book. Now let's read on and see what he says. We will not all sleep. Now who's the all he's talking to? In content, we've got to read that we're in the same chapter, okay? He's talking to the church, brethren, brothers. So he's talking to believers in Christ, the one who is the resurrection and the life. He said, Look, I tell you, I miss you, we will not all die, but we will all be changed. Now, <clears throat> there's two things there death and being changed. Do you know that all that Paul wrote to at Corinth died? All, including Paul. All in the the generation after Paul wrote that died. People right now are still today in 2017 dying in Christ. People are dying outside of Christ. But he's talking about Christ, Christian. But he said we will not all die, but up to this point, that was 1,900 years ago or more, people are dying. So was Paul lying? We knew he wasn't. We gotta look at what he's saying. Let's read on. We will not all sleep or die, but we will all be changed. Now, how can that be? Well, let's read on and see. In a flash, or in a moment, the King James says, in the twinkling of an eye, how fast is that? A Nanoseconds, right? A yep. Just 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 boom. At the last what? Trumpet. Trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable. What is that called? Resurrection. Amen. And we will be changed. Now he's including in that statement because he died in his generation and even up to this point everybody's died, but he said we're all going to be changed. Even if you die. Now I'm not. This isn't a message on when when this will happen or how. It's just a message that it will happen. That's all I'm talking about today. It will happen according to the scripture here. It was a mystery. It's no longer a mystery. It's going to happen so fast. It's going to be in the twinkling of an eye. We will all be changed. Everybody say that. All be changed. Go to verse 53. For the perishable, that's our outward body, must clothe itself with the imperishable, the mortal with immortality. What is this resurrection based on? This is the resurrection of the church, of you, of me, your resurrection. My mother's resurrection. Somebody say amen. 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 My great, 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 great. Come on now. Paul's resurrection. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we're going to be raised based on what? What was the first sentence I read in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 20? First fruits. Did you see that word? Go back to verse 20. Does that say first fruit? Fruits. Oh, there's an S on there, right? Yes. How many know we can thank God for the S. Amen. Hallelujah. Who is the first fruit?
2: Jesus.
1: Jesus. We are a part of the first fruits. Plural. Church. The church. Amen. Hallelujah. Unless a grain of wheat fall into the ground and what? Die, it abideth alone. If Jesus just died for himself, what good would it have be? been? If you plant a a single grain of corn in the ground, do you get one single grain of corn back? What do you get back? Years, many many, many years with many many grains. How many how many years? How many grains? How much fruit has Christ been accruing over the last two thousand years? Think about that. That's why we're going to be bringing in the sheaves. Amen? It's going to be the Holy Ghost bringing in the sheaves. He reaps the harvest. Amen? And what's the last time to come before the kingdom? That's called the gleaning. That's called the... You know, every time you have a harvest, you've got a gleaning, you got leftovers. Hello? Leftovers. God doesn't trash that. He's gonna come back and get it all. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. He's gonna get everybody that's gonna believe. You know, that's why there's the first fruits resurrection before the 70th week of Daniel or the tribulation. And there's the first fruits rapture in the tribulation. That's the Jewish saints. Hallelujah. Two first fruits. I think God knows what he's doing when he harvests the earth? What's that song we sing? Uh, usually uh, around July you know patriotic you know glory glory what's that how does the main part go you know that he has loosed the faithful lightning of his terrible swift sword we talked about his feet would trample out the vintage where the grapes of wrath are amen God's going to harvest olives man you got to shake them you got to shake them to get them off the tree. God's going to shake the earth, brother. He don't need to shake me. He's been shaking me my whole life. Come on. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Some folks, they're so green, you got to just get them ready. Amen. God knows what He's doing. Amen. Let's finish off here. There's victory in resurrection and there's victory in life. We're going to be changed. We're going to be immortal. Verse 54, When the perishable has been clothed with imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Yes. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where is your sting? Death. The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He gives us victory. He gives us immortality. His resurrection 2,000 years ago purchased our resurrection. Guarantees our resurrection. Oh, hallelujah. So as He was raised, we are raised. So we can walk through this life victorious in faith knowing assuredly what God has done for us and what He is about to do. Amen. You know, when God writes something in His Word, He declares it in the Scripture. It's a done deal. It's already done. You know, Paul could write in Ephesians that when He was raised up, we were raised up with Him. It didn't say we will be. He said we were. In God's mind, it's done. He's the Alpha, the Omega. He declares the end from the beginning. You know, you know how omniscient God is? He called Jesus, listen to me, the Lamb of God who was slain from before the foundation of the world. Before He even created the world, He knew man would sin, be in the trouble He's in. He knew He would send His Son die on the cross and be resurrected and bring many sons into glory. How can you not praise Him? How can you not worship Him? How can you not magnify a God of that nature? Come on now. Oh, hallelujah. He sees the end from the beginning. And let me tell you something, no matter how bad things are in your life today or in my life today, it pales in comparison to the glory that is about to be revealed in us, His people. You know, Christ's triumph over death guarantees the reality of a future resurrection to eternal life for every Christian. The knowledge that this brings can energize us to press forward in this life in Christ, no matter how difficult it may be. Preparation for heaven should be a motivation for everything that we do in this life. Can I get an amen? Amen. You know, nothing is more important than keeping our relationship with the Lord vital. Every day, the the rising of the sun should remind us that the resurrection is in our future. My hope is in the resurrection. I know it's, it's, it's just ahead. Amen. And I anticipate His soon coming to redeem me a part of His church. He's coming for us. And when we focus on these things, we will someday follow our Lord from this life to our new life in heaven. Because death will be destroyed. Let's stand this moment.
3: Plus.